Hello and welcome to the Cafe Bitcoin Podcast, brought to you by Swan Bitcoin, the best way to buy and learn about Bitcoin. I am your host, Alex Danzig, and we're excited to announce that we are bringing the Cafe Bitcoin Conversation from Twitter Spaces to you on this show, the Cafe Bitcoin Podcast, Monday through Friday, every week. Join us as we speak to guests like Max Kaiser, Lynn Alden, Thomas Strolight, Corey Clipston, and many others from the Bitcoin space. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button to make sure you get notifications when we launch a new episode, or you can join us live on Twitter Spaces, Monday through Friday, starting at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern, every morning and become part of the conversation yourself. Thank you again. We look forward to giving you the best Bitcoin content daily here on the Cafe Bitcoin Podcast. Yeah, it's it's nice to hear... uh... Preston on a on a live call rather than just kind of hearing them on a podcast once in a while. It's nice to get some uh, questions from the audience and just have a nice uh, live discussion. It's it's good. Yeah, that's like one guy who I really uh, would love to have on on here one time. I'm sure at the conference we'll be able to talk to him about it. But you know, I'd like to get on here. I was just thinking about this this morning. Is the um, the mesh network guys what is it called shane um terra something or, or yeah i'm trying to think tx10 tx10 right yeah yeah that's it that would be yeah i'd like to i'd like to get those guys on here so they can give us a thorough explanation about how that technology works um stack and sats and i were just discussing it this morning about how it's just a matter it's just a it's one more resilient technology right that gives us yeah. options. I'm sorry. So I was going to say, Lily, if I'm saying that right, from Foundation Devices, she's actually tested it. I'm trying to remember where. So that might be cool to get her back on even to talk about her uh, experience with it. She's used that platform? Yeah. When we... I posted... You know, when we talked about it the other day and then I posted it up in the Nest, I think she was listening in and then she posted something back out just on Twitter, some pictures and stuff of her using it. And I don't remember where Guatemala somewhere, but it was pretty neat. So she's got real world, you know, did a real transaction, Bitcoin transaction with it. That's a nice little something to add to the Bitcoiner toolbox in case of apocalypse. Grab that TX Tenna, baby. What is it again? What what is it? Okay, so it's a mesh network device, and I'm no expert on this. I just my cursory kind of understanding is that essentially Starlink is a mesh network, right? All the Starlink satellites form this constellation of low Earth orbit satellites that basically talk to each other and they use lasers to do it they shoot lasers at each other basically but on the lasers is information and um so the concept of a it's basically a mesh network but they're using lasers as the medium it's the rail that they're riding on so this technology is terrestrial based but it's something that you can basically plug into your phone and it turns your phone into a mesh network device that communicates with anybody else who's got these turned on. So theoretically, 
if every Bitcoiner on the planet fired up a pixel with Calyx on it and then installed these TX10 things, we could have our own essentially unstoppable mesh network. Now, one thing, is that coming through as radio waves? Because as a high school coach, I can tell you, even at that level, they're like trying to intercept play calls and things like that. Um, so I wonder yeah, how that, that would come I, play. That I don't know. And that's why I want to get those people on so that we can dig into that and figure all that kind of stuff out. I mean, intercepting and, and blocking are two different things, though, right? And the, that would be a highly localized activity. It's kind of like, uh, I was reading an article about how this these guys were, I don't remember who it was, but somebody bounced, bounced a Bitcoin transaction using ham radio off the surface of the moon <laughs> to almost the other side of the planet. Now, I may be, I have my, me and my details messed up, but I seem to recall that was the, that was the thing. I'm pretty sure NVK did one of them. I think it was with Ham Radio. So we'll have to ask him about that sometime. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I, that's that's yeah. over my head, but uh, that that's the next step for me. That'd be cool. Grab one of those. I think the issue with those, though, is that uh, it's it's hard to send out a full block because of how many megabytes. Uh, it is like if it was a one megabyte block, it would be a lot easier. But since you know we're we're almost reaching two, it's a, it's a little harder, but it's still possible, obviously. Well, what brought this up is we were talking about Starlink and how that's basically pretty centralized. Like if if Starlink ends up becoming the internet for the world, which I think is Elon's plan, Starlink can cover parts of the world that just don't have last mile. And a lot of places just don't have fiber, right? So theoretically, could cover every inch of the planet. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, yeah, I think you're right. It's pretty centralized, right? So uh, I wonder how, how, how that'll work with some gatekeepers. Well, either that or just, you know, Stacken's point to me was, and she's right, you know, even if, okay, even if we assume Elon's a good guy, I don't know whether he's good or bad. She doesn't like him. I like him. A lot of people don't like him, but he has got a huge number of people who, who love him, like, you know, religiously, like zealots. Um, neither here or there. The point is, even if we assume he's a good guy, at some point he could lose control of Starlink. And if that's the case, whoever controls it might not be a good guy or a good actor, right? Yeah, that's a good point. A lot of power. You can either yield it, wield it for good or... Um, well, it's a lot of power. If it becomes yeah. sort of the internet for half the global population, like that's a lot of power. A lot of power. Zebedee's out in the audience. We're going to be talking to Zebedee today. They're our featured guest. So I'm throwing you invites. I don't know if you guys are seeing that, but throwing them to you. Uh, Jacob, when you see the other guys from Zebedee get in here, can you grab yeah, those guys? Yeah, Mark, Mark, I'm also sending you an invite. So, um, And you guys can also just request to speak if you'd like. And, um, and yeah. 
Yeah. Also, if if you haven't been in a spaces before, you have to be using the Twitter app on your phone. If you try to uh, do this on a computer or even in a browser on your phone, it won't work. It's got to be the app. We learned that last week, I think. <laughs> we had a politician that was trying to get on stage and like he had a very short time window to begin with. And um, for the for like two thirds of his time, he couldn't figure out how to get up here. Just real quick, I put a pretty cool article about the TX Tenna on in the in the nest. It's a little dated, but nonetheless, I mean, actually, it's been out since 2018, the ability, but it's pretty cool. So Samurai Wallet has done some very specific stuff with TX Tenna, you know, to do signed Bitcoin transactions without the internet, basically. Yeah, it's it a cool concept. I mean, I don't. I guess TX10 is only for Bitcoin transactions. I thought it was a potential replacement for internet, but apparently, well, it's just it, it, they use the the Tenna mesh device. TX10 is a, just basically a collaboration and a creation of some Python scripts that you use to facilitate the transaction. But you still need the mesh device. The TX10 is not a device; it's basically code. If I understand it right. Yeah, it looks like a device too. Um, didn't matter. We can dig into that later when we get those guys on here. I want to welcome up uh, Zebedee. Am I saying it right? And Mark, how you guys doing? Hey, yeah, doing good. Thank you. Um, glad to be on. Thank you for the invite. How are you guys? Awesome. Thank you. Hey, can you hear me now? Yes, yeah, we can. Awesome. Yes, I'm also very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, glad you guys could join us today. Um, we're pretty chill, very informal. We usually talk about news for the first 30 minutes of the show or whatever, but I know you guys have a hard stop in about 50-ish minutes. So. Um, we're going to hit one quick headline here, then we'll focus in on you all. Um, just a couple of tips working um, on in Twitter spaces. If you're not speaking, mute your mic, um, and it reduces echoes. And uh, yeah, we'll just roll. So something that's uh, pretty interesting going on right now um, is that, well, there, there's this gigantic... Uh, <laughs> discussion in Twitter about um, XRP hiring Greenpeace to to say that <laughs> proof of work mining in Bitcoin is causing economic devastation. <laughs> I don't really even want to get too much into it. I just thought it was worth mentioning. It's a bunch of nonsense. Um, something else that's pretty important that's coming up is on April 1st. Uh, that, I guess, is the deadline for Russia. Um, I'll just read it to you. Russia will halt gas supplies to buyers from unfriendly states unless they switch to payments in rubles from April 1st, President Vlad Vladimir Putin said. April Fool's. 
I don't think so. I don't think so. This is on Bloomberg. I mean, that'd be hilarious. That'd be hilarious. But here's a couple of quotes from what they're saying. This is, you know, I still contend this is a very big deal. This is going to change quite a bit about how the U.S. dollar interacts with the global economy. I think over time. I mean, not this one thing, but. Kind of to me, it's kind of opening a potential floodgate here. Russia says West the West sanctions, and in particular the freezing of about three hundred billion in Russian central bank reserves, amounts to a declaration of war. Putin says the. I, I mean, a lot of this is sounds like you know just saber rattling rhetoric, but to me, some of it holds weight depending upon what they're doing going forward like if they're if they're providing 40 percent of europe's energy supplies and they're basically saying if you're from the west you must pay in rubles what that means is um they've effectively gotten the west to show their cards so to speak and they've blown themselves and the west has blown themselves up because the whole thing was well, we're going to freeze you out of the dollar system well if they're like well okay fine you have to pay in rubles. Well, how do they get the rubles? They have to buy the rubles. How are they buying the rubles? With dollars? <laughs> wow. Um, Putin says the freezing of central bank reserves was a default on the West's obligations to Russia would torpedo confidence in the U.S. dollar. Former President Dmitry Medvedev says the West sanctions had boomeranged back to undermine the economies of Europe and North America will drive up prices for fuel and heating. Um, Medvedev continues to say the world is waking up. Confidence in reserve currencies is melting like the morning fog. And then finally, crazy politicians in the West have sacrificed the money of their taxpayers on the altar of an unknown victory in Ukraine. Then Some on, pretty big implications with all this. Go ahead, Sats. Then on top, recently the ruble uh, bounced back. Um, it hasn't been completely confirmed, um, but of uh, connecting, going back to a gold standard possibly. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see that bounce. And now here, when they have to purchase using those other currencies that are seen, uh, have a better reputation, that'll further strengthen the ruble in a way. Yeah, I don't know how much um, how much I place in that, you know, backing the ruble by gold thing. I think that'd be a very difficult thing to do. I don't know if they have enough gold to do that. Um, their gold reserves are pretty small compared to the rest of the world. And it would be very difficult to maintain that peg under these kind of conditions. But, uh, you know, they were talking about that in uh, Swan Signal Live a little bit, right, Jacob? Yeah, I was just about to mention that. Like, <clears throat> Preston was saying that anybody that was trying to peg anything to gold these days, like, if they were just like, oh, let's just peg the ruble to gold, like, there's no way they, they, can, they can do that right now. He said they're just so they behind the eight ball. Yeah, he said that if they did it, it would be paper. He's like, there's no way they're going to actually make it to where people could, uh, you know, redeem that for actual gold. He doesn't believe that's even remotely a thing that they would do. But, Paper gold, maybe. Yeah, I think that's what I saw. That that 
Um, they will have a fixed price to purchase, but the, I mean, then from there, there's no guarantee you can ever redeem it for that, uh, that, uh, initial value. It just goes back to the untrustability of, of, <clears throat> this is where gold falls down, actually. You know, for a long time, I worked in the gold industry. I was a gold bug. I believed gold was the, the anchor for an honest money t- monetary system. And, you know, as long as the people who are in charge of the, the monetary issuance are honest, it works. <laughs> That's the problem. As soon as they're not honest, it stops working. You know, it's like you you essentially are relying on human beings to never become corrupt and never become wicked. Um, and that's that's the problem. That's where those systems fall down. You know, it's the wickedness of man. If the wickedness of man can affect any monetary system, well, eventually it will. It might start off on the right foot. It might start off with all the best intentions. But what happens a generation from now or two generations from now or three generations from now? You look at the United States and Western countries I mean, so much has changed over the last couple of generations, just in the time that I've been alive. The, mor- the moral compass has shifted almost 180 degrees. It's insane, really. Like things that are normalized today amongst a lot of people, my generation would look at that as evil. Like they're teaching ki- kindergartners about sex. Like seriously? <laughs> It's a good thing my kids are grown, man. My kids were that. What I said, this is something that we were discussing this morning. I'm going to briefly cover this. I don't want to dive too deep into this particular thing, but it's like, I don't really, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around how fathers today can allow that kind of stuff to occur. Just saying. Like if my kids were, if I, and I'm just going to straight up say it, if my, if my kids were four years old and I found out somebody was talking to them about sex, that's evil. There'd be body bags. I'm not joking. I don't understand how, how, how this can be allowed to happen. I really don't. But it just goes to show you how different the normalcy or the, what's considered normal can change over time. You know, you go from people sticking with a monetary system that's supposed to be honest and just by, you know, human decision, they just remove that. That's why Bitcoin makes sense. That's why Bitcoin works, because you can't just change it. Nobody can change it. That's why Bitcoin already won. Yeah, 100% agree with that. It just hasn't played out in, in it, but it will, like, you know what I mean? In the fullness of time, it's obvious. Let's move. Let's move on. Let's focus on Zebedee. Uh, if you guys would like to, let's hear a little bit about the origin of Zebedee and what do you guys specialize in? What do you focus on? And um, so many questions. By the way, I want this to be an open session today. If you're up here on the panel, you have questions or thoughts or comments for Zebedee, let it rip. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, Alex, thanks so much for having us. Um, I love what you guys do at Cafe Bitcoin. I've been a big fan and listener for a while, so it's cool to be here. Um, yeah, so Zebedee. Um, yes, yeah, you said you have so many questions. I have so much I want to share with everyone here, so um, keep them coming. But um, for anyone who's not aware, Zebedee is uh, a fintech aimed at the gaming industry. So what we do is we, we provide payment services for game developers. Um, the thing is, our entire infrastructure is built on Bitcoin 
and the Lightning Network. And part of that is because everybody here at Zebedee loves Bitcoin and our CTO and co-founder Andre Neves is a very prominent Lightning developer and the inventor of the Lightning address. So we just love the technology. But as he said a lot of times, it's superior technology. And so what Bitcoin allows is for these micro payments, these nano payments to actually occur natively within virtual worlds and transact seamlessly with the real world as well. So what we're really trying to do is build out the infrastructure to have a standard open monetary network so that all different games and game developers can use the same money in their games. So what you see from Zebedee is two things. You see uh, the tools we build for game developers, for game devs. We have a, a SDK, we have uh, APIs, a developer dashboard. Uh, we've had studios get set up in two days without having to know any blockchain or Bitcoin or crypto stuff. And they have basically taken the game that they already built and injected Bitcoin into it, which unlocks all sorts of cool game mechanics. Because now people are playing for like real money. Um, we have CSGO servers that um, when you get killed, you drop Bitcoin. And now it's almost like a de facto trap that people can kind of set for people, right? So that is like Bitcoin. And this is actual real Bitcoin that gets um, added to your to your Lightning wallet that's integrated into the game. So really interesting stuff. So what you see from us is game developer stuff and then also games that people are building with these things. So we have a community of uh, players in Discord who play games for SATs like all day. They're just earning real money. And, I, and a lot of them are down in Brazil where, where these SATs go a long way. They're paying bills and buying cool gear and it just having a lot of fun, honestly. It's just, it's it make, it's putting the uh, Lightning Network to work in a way that um, is super innovative and novel, but um, also just like a lot of fun. So that's kind of, that's kind of Zebedee in a nutshell. And just so you know, um, on stage with me under the, the Zebedee um, uh, Twitter kind of handle, which I encourage everyone to follow is my colleague, Christiana. Um, who's our social media lead as well. So she can kind of speak to, I, I thought we could kind of spend some time here talking about a little bit about what Zebedee does, what it's like to work at Zebedee. So I'm um, the marketing director here. So I kind of oversee all marketing efforts at the company. Um, and I brought on Christiana to head up the social media aspect, but like what it's, what it's like to work here and also like the open roles we have because we're also hiring. So if you, if the idea of working at the intersection of Bitcoin and gaming with like super cool people and building out the future of <laughs> payments sounds exciting to you. Um, definitely encourage you to ask questions on that front and I can kind of talk more about some of the open roles we have. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Um, so as, as Mark said, my name is Christiana. Um, I actually joined Zebedee just over two weeks ago. So I'm, I'm very new um, and I manage the social media here. Um, it's my first time actually working for a, a Bitcoin um, gamification payment service company um, and also just being fully remote. So it's very different to, um, to how I've worked before, but amazing at the same time. Um, it's great because obviously like people are in completely different time zones. Um, like for example, I'm actually currently in Cyprus. Um, Mark is in Austin. Um, people are in Central Europe. Some are in Singapore. But all over the world so it's really really cool to be able to to work to work like this um and yeah um 
as Mark said, there's some, some new positions going. So if anyone is interested, and I would highly recommend you if you are interested in this type of industry to head on over to the website. And I think Mark will share more about this um, and see if anything suits you. Because I can say like from personal experience, it's, um, and I mean, yeah, I've only been here a couple of weeks, but it's a great, it's a great company and everyone is extremely friendly um, and just very helpful with everything. So it's a really nice community to, to work in. All right, I'm gonna let you guys sort of self-regulate. You go first, Shane. Yeah, just real quick, I have two questions. Thanks for first of all for coming on. Um, when when it's appropriate, um, you know, based on what you're wanting to talk about, I'd love to hear more about ZBD streaming. I'm a streamer, live streamer. I'm not a gamer per se, but I'm very intrigued by the streaming. And then I'm also curious if you and and because I'm ignorant about everything you're doing, do you? develop the games as well are there other game developers that build on top of your platform i'd love to hear a little bit more about that and then i guess a follow-on i'm curious if you or if others develop if there's any that are you know going to be focused more towards kids yeah i love all these questions this is great um so yes let's talk about what zebedee has made and what we've built and what we offer because we have a number of products and it's easy to kind of um yeah, it's easy to kind of get lost in like, wait, what is it you guys do and what do you build? So um, I will talk about streamer first. So for anyone who's not aware, maybe you're aware of Zebedee vaguely. Um, okay, it's a Bitcoin games, you know, payments company. Cool, got it. We just came out with something that actually starts to get us out of the world of, um, you know, gamers um, and into kind of the gaming adjacent, but uh, area of streaming, which obviously, you know, includes a lot more than just gaming. Uh, and gamers. So we just came out with a product called Zebedee Streamer, which is um, a plugin that works on all platforms. It's it's URL kind of based mechanics. So you can actually uh, integrate it with OBS or other like streaming, um, you know, software that you use to, to do video live streams. So, you know, for podcasters, for really anyone who does streaming. And what it does is it allows you to uh, have a static uh, lightning address on top of your feed so you can receive lightning payments from people uh, instantly. So they're able to kind of participate and send you SaaS, um, which in and of itself uh, is obviously revolutionary and mind blowing as everybody in this room knows. Um, but the cool part is you can configure it so that when you receive SaaS, you get an instant overlay on your feed with like an animated GIF and text so that everybody like actually watching sees that somebody paid you say a hundred SaaS. Um, and so it allows, it kind of adds to this value for value um, kind of, you know, stack, if you, if you want to think of it that way, that I think was pioneered with a lot of the uh, podcast 2.0 apps for streaming SaaS to creators. Um, this almost allows any, you know, you can kind of think of it as if you are playing some Zebedee games, winning some SaaS, um, now you can watch your favorite streamer uh, play some games and send some of those SaaS from your Zebedee uh, app, you know, or any Lightning wallet, you know, directly to the feed. And then everyone sees kind of what it triggers. And so, yeah, we just launched that um, yesterday, actually, or rather uh, Tuesday. Um, yeah, and we're super excited about it because um, to answer your other questions, by the way, in terms of can what I, we Mark, can yeah, I ask you one other thing about this one before you move on? Because, again, this, yeah, is like my, yeah. this is my wheelhouse and I'm super 
uh, interested in it. Well, I know you said it will work with OBS and Brace. Will it work with some of the uh, web-based ones like StreamYard and Restream as well? Yeah, it should. Okay, awesome. I'm, I'm going to have to learn more about it. Thanks. Yeah, and, and honestly, like, I encourage you to, like, try it out. Um, yeah, and if you, if you have any comments or, like, what your experience is, like, let me know. We're just, we're just want people to, like, try it. It's a free tool. And, um, again, just add it to your stack. It doesn't mean people have to – it's the only way people can donate to you. But as we all know, once you add some sort of Bitcoin or Lightning integration into a product, um, Bitcoin and Lightning people will seek you out <laughs> and want to try it out. So, yeah, let me know how it goes. Yeah, and in terms of, you know, games for kids and whatnot, um, let, me, let me just talk, talk a little bit about what we, what we have made and what we're making. I mean, largely what we are here for is to allow other game studios and developers, whether they're indie developers, all the way, I mean, you know, all the way up to AAA studios. I mean, anyone can use Zebedee tools to add Bitcoin to their games. And what's cool about that is we get to let game developers do what they do best, right? Build games. Uh, we do have game designers. For instance, one of our co-founders, Christian Moss, is kind of an OG Bitcoin games creator. Uh, he built a game that we actually still have called Saratobi. That's the one game, uh, well, not the one, but like one of the games that we at Zebedee have made. We're coming out with another one soon. Um, Christian made Saratobi, which is a, a, a mobile game, you know, just super hyper casual mobile game um, where you sling this adorable pixelated monkey through the air to catch bananas, but you're also catching stats. There are also Bitcoins, literal Bitcoins in, in the map that you can collect. And they get added instantly to your Zebedee wallet, um, which is associated with your gamer tag. And uh, so, you know, you have a, you're able to kind of like swing this little monkey around and collect sats. Um, but it's, as we know, it's like, it's real money. It's pretty cool. We, so basically that game serves as almost like, like a proof of concept that we have and offer to show people kind of what's possible when you, you know, add Bitcoin to an otherwise fun game. Because really the point of the game is to get like the furthest swing, right? You want to launch this little monkey as far as you can. By the way, it's like super fun and adorable. I encourage everyone to go check it out. Um, but well, yeah, you add Bitcoin and all of a sudden you're playing this game not for like five minutes while you're waiting in line. You're playing for like a half hour. And so this is actually part of why game developers are starting to have aha moments and realizing, oh, you know, maybe we don't want to make the next blockchain token game something and build on some weird native token you know, maybe we just want to add money to games and Bitcoin is money and we'll just add money to the games and make it so that the points you're, you're, you're winning in games is worth something. And you can literally just withdraw it out into the real world if you want or leave it in there and stream, you know, send it to your favorite streamer or send it to your favorite whatever. So they're starting, yeah, I think things are starting to click and they're starting to realize that when you do that and everyone's using the same money in all of their games, regardless of the studio, um, suddenly people are playing their games more. They're playing their games longer. They're seeking out their games. We feature them. We push it in our Discord community. And they're seeing a lot of value when the points in games actually have value. So that's kind of a proof of concept. And we also have one more for kind of hard, hardcore gamers. Not hardcore. We have some, we have some noob servers as well. But um, for anyone who's played Counter-Strike, which I know is like a very old game from like 20 years ago, we've given it new life by adding, uh, it's a product called Infuse. So we basically set up these Counter-Strike CSGO servers, um, which are sponsored, by the way. That's where the SATs come from. Um, we have, for instance, Bitstamp sponsors some of our servers. And uh, yeah, people join the servers and they compete in deathmatch tournaments. And when someone dies, they leave behind 
a, a big a kind of a spinning um, branded Bitcoin token that you can collect and then that gets added instantly to your wallet. And so you're just collecting stats as you kind of snipe people and, and whatnot. That's another one where we kind of built that just to show game developers kind of what's possible. But um, other in terms of like family friendly stuff, I mean, other game developers, for instance, one of our uh, partners is Viker Games and um, they build the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire app. Um, which is obviously probably one of their most famous one, but they have a bunch of other games that are super fun um, and super simple. Like Balls King is, is one of them. Um, and so, uh, yeah, a lot of these hyper mobile um, or rather hyper casual mobile game developers with a lot of family friendly games um, are using our tools, adding Bitcoin to it. And um, yeah, they're just seeing all this kind of rejuvenated interest in, in games that have either been out for a while or games that were kind of missing that like magic kind of hook. Um, and we're starting to get data from them and, and starting to use that to, to go around to other game developers. So um, super cool. But we, we kind of need to get the game developers because they make the games that then everyone plays and it's a nice little virtual cycle. So Yeah, it's really cool. I'd just like to add on top of that, Mark, that... Um like the the gamers like playing these games, as you said, they um, they can either um, use these stats to buy, uh, for example, buy guns in the game or whatever, or they can actually like take out and then, for example, like um, we've seen like some people in the community they literally like bought plane tickets to go see their parents in other countries like with the stats that they've won from these games. So it's really really amazing how these these gamers are like using and like playing games to to make like life-changing like um like situations or anything like it's really cool like and um it's just amazing to see how how grateful they are for for playing these games as well like our community is very strong in that in that sense yeah i was uh, i went to uh tab in atlanta and i saw the room that you guys had with the counter-strike uh, competition and I thought that was just one of the best rooms there. Um, thought it was really awesome what you guys had going on um, there. I was wondering what's like the difference between you guys and like the other uh, like Thunder games or like I don't know. There's another one that's like PKNG or something like that. Like what separates Zebedee from like the other Bitcoin gaming uh, companies? Yeah. Um, by the way, like I feel like everybody in the Bitcoin gaming space are. Um, you know, I, we're, we just see each other as kindred spirits and we're always trying to just lift each other up and help each other out. So everyone you just mentioned is super, um, yeah, we're all we're kind of on the same team. I think that um, one thing that differentiates them is that a lot of these companies are game studios, right? They build, they actually make games. They're, they're, they're using the Bitcoin and games things to build games of their own. Um, whereas we're focused, again, the best way to describe what Zebedee is, is we are a fintech that, is you know providing payment services for the gaming industry. So our main differentiator is that yeah we do make some games mostly as proof of concept and to have some fun. We have a new we have a new one coming out soon that I'm I'm super excited about. We have one called Zebedee Kart, which is like a, a Mario Kart clone that you can kind of spin up your own server and play like a Mario Kart like game. So we we do make some games, but again it's more to de demonstrate what's possible. Zebedee is all about giving de uh, game devs the tools to super easily and quickly. Um, add Bitcoin to their games. So that would be probably be the main, I would say, difference. We're kind of like focused on building out that infrastructure and really just like championing the power of what happens when we all use the same open monetary standard using the number one cryptocurrency in the world, right? And we all use the same money. Like what happens? What's possible when everybody uses the same money 
even though each studio is making their individual games and making their own profits and obviously competing, um, but points are transferable from one game world to the other. So all these other Bitcoin gaming companies building games that are letting players earn sats, their sats are good everywhere. So it's kind of like the more the merrier, right? But ho hopefully that answers your question in terms of the, the difference. No, 100%. And I just think that's just so awesome. Like the Bitcoin community, like it's just, we all succeed together. And I think that's just a really cool um, way to look at it. Yeah, 100%. And um, by the way, like I, I do want to kind of like, we've been talking a lot about gaming and maybe some people in here are gamers, maybe they're not. Maybe you're like casual, super casual gamers. I feel like we're all gamers or were at one point. I would encourage everyone, honestly, and, and I know I'm like, filling our bags here but like i would encourage people to at least download the zebedee app and get set up and claim your gamer tag and the reason i say that even if you're not into games one i think you might i think the streamer announcement is probably evidence that we've got our sites set a lot bigger than mobile games in csgo right so i would stay tuned to what zebedee has coming up in the future and be ready for that but when you um get set up on the zebedee app you have to claim your gamer tag and the gamer tag is what allows just you to be just supremely native within the Zebedee ecosystem and sling stats for free to other kind of, you know, users. Um, but um, that gamer tag unlocks a couple things for you that are useful for people who aren't even into gaming, right? So just by getting a gamer tag and getting set up on Zebedee, um, you get a, a Zebedee.gg like profile page with your gamer tag. So you'll see it in, if you check out my profile here on Twitter, you'll see Zebedee.gg forward slash Mulvey, right? Because that's Mulvey is my gamer tag. Um, and then you get sent to a page. It's almost like a link tree. So you get a static lightning address so anyone can send me tips. Um, uh, so rather, yeah, like a lightning invoice. Um, you also see like links to my social media. So it's kind of a nice, like just free little like web destination that you get just for free automatically by getting set up with a Zebedee account. Um, but you'll also notice in there a lightning address, right? So if you do Mulvey at zbd.gg if you send a lightning transaction to that address um that gets sent to my zebedee wallet as well um so andre nevis again like pioneered the and you know created the lightning address um that is now part of just zebedee now like that's what you get as part of getting a zebedee gamer tag so um i don't know for me that's like a huge deal because like other you could like certainly use uh, it's an open standard so you can um, create your own Lightning address if you're comfortable, you know, setting up a server or using another uh, company to kind of host one for you. But um, the fact that you kind of get a lightning address, you get that static page, and then, you know, you claim your gamer tag ahead of everyone else. Um, yeah, I would just say it's probably a good idea just to kind of get one now. Keep an eye on Zebedee. And, um, yeah, just kind of see what we have coming out in the future. It's, it's super exciting. Yeah, I'm going to log in and get mine. Mine's Shane, by the way. I already have one. <laughs> Yeah, so you got to get the, the the single name ones, right? Because they're the first to go. That's that's the key. So anyone signing into anyone who's on Cafe and Bitcoin gets the uh, gets the heads up there. They <laughs> can get their own gamer tag. I was just gonna say and and check if I'm making the right assessment um, as far as like what Zebedee's building and what they're doing and like how big this is. Um, it sounds like. Zebedee is like the Roblox of the Bitcoin universe and then also stepping in to become that Twitch of the Bitcoin universe and uh, all the things you're opening up and providing uh, in the community. I just think it's uh, super awesome.
hundred percent. I appreciate that. That's really, that's, that's a great way to put it. I love that. I might take that. Um, like I said, I'm marketing director. I'm always looking for like good little phrases to describe things. That's helpful. Um, no, a hundred percent. In fact, one thing I haven't talked about, again, there's just so much going on. So I, I encourage everyone, like, please keep the questions coming. I want to make sure I'm talking about what people want to know more about. Um, I haven't talked about Zebedee bots, right? So you're totally right. I talked about games. We have built some games. We mostly focus on just giving devs the tools they need to add Bitcoin to their games. Um, obviously, the gamer tag has some cool kind of little bonus functionality. But what we have also is um, these things called uh, Zebedee bots. So you can actually set up your Discord server with a Zebedee bot. And then you can use commands in chat to actually send sats to people within Discord natively. Um, there's even a sat that we call make it like make it rain, where you can actually like set like rain sats on people who are in the channel, um, which people in our community love to do. But anyone with the Discord server can just integrate a Zebedee bot into their Discord server. Uh, it's great for admins, particularly, because they can be, they, you know, they can, anyone can use the bot, right? Anyone can type in these commands and send sats or to other users. Um, but it's, it, you know, the admin tends to kind of use it to either, uh, yeah, you know, encourage or reward people. But again, it makes hanging out in Discord now something people do all the time. So a lot of people, for instance, we have a great community of CSGO players in our Discord. They hang out in Discord. They talk to one another, but they're also, you know, they're slinging sats to each other. The admins are sending them sats. You get welcome sats when you sign up for our Discord, right? But then they're also playing CSGO, right? So they're playing games for sats. And then we also have on our Twitter um, if you follow, um, so Christiana's uh, signed in under the Zebedee account. We also have a Zebedee Play account. So I would encourage everyone to check out the link to our Zebedee Play Twitter profile because we've separated that out. That's for all kind of gaming-related fun things. And we started this thing called Quests. So now everyone hanging out in Discord, getting rained on, playing games, slinging sacks. Um, sometimes on social media, we'll have what we call a quest, which is, okay, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to make one up, but like, the quest this week is um, for all of all of our community. If we, you know, if if, if, cumulative, if cumulatively we get five hundred bananas collected in Saratobi, we'll 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 match and give everybody an extra like eight percent sat reward boost, right? So Zebedee will match the reward boost. So basically, it's kind of like, look, if as a community we all collectively you know achieve this goal, everybody wins. And so now we're kind of like incentivizing people to kind of just yeah play some of these games and and they like it because it basically kind of turns our twitter account into a bit of a game too so we're kind of trying to make it fun but again like that adds up to a lot of sats and in a place you know we have a large brazilian community you know in a place like brazil like these sats add up quick and i think they've learned um they've learned that these sats add up and then so you might think like that's all great and like sure we know that sats are worth something and bitcoin is is money um, we just, again, another thing we, we, we launched, and I say we, meaning all the actual <laughs> brilliant developers and product designers at Zebedee, uh, is our first off-ramp, our fiat off-ramp. So for these people in the Brazilian market, um, if they did, they finally collected uh, a stack that they're like, well, I kind of want to buy in my anniversary gift, or maybe I just want to buy lunch today, right? Um, we have, so a local exchange down there called BIPA. Um, that's been natively integrated into the Zebedee app. So now um, our Brazilian community can, can just seamlessly uh, send their SATs to their BIPA account and use the Brazilian Real to pay for whatever they need to. So the full kind of like ecosystem of like 
getting SATs, spending SATs, and then kind of exchanging or withdrawing SATs into the real world, right? Out of the game world and into the real world. We're trying to kind of really build out that whole that whole flow. That's actually pretty amazing. That just clicked in my head, what you just said. I'm a little older, <clears throat> so I didn't grow up as a digital native. Um, and, like, I have seen games over time who have had basically their own, in their own sort of economic ecosystems, their own currencies, so to speak. You can have gems or you could have gold if you're in World of Warcraft or whatever. I mean... If you're an EVE player, there's ISK, right? So there's all these internal currencies that these games use. But if you start to create worlds where the currency is actually sets, that is absolutely fantastic because the real-world applications of that outside of games is amazing. That's just my brain just had a little, like, explosion there. Go ahead. I I mean... Right? <laughs> I, do, I mean, yeah, it is. And we're trying to get word out about like, guys, like, but I love, I love hearing that, right? Because eventually something clicks and you start to see, wait, wait a second, hold up. Why are we using points? Why isn't everyone just using Bitcoin as the points? <laughs> Bitcoin is yeah, our point, right? <laughs> exactly. Like if games from here on out are built with, I mean, obviously every game developer's got a, a financial incentive to create possibly their own currency systems um inevitably though there's there's some there's some it's it's not like a, a watertight membrane right there's always there's always back and forth between real currencies and these game currencies even though they hate it it's just that's the reality right but if they if they integrate sats from the very beginning you can do so in a way where it's incentivized for the developers as well as the gamers and everybody else and then there's real world application to it, man. That's just next level stuff right there. That's mind blowing. It's totally next level. We're doing, look, we have more integrations coming, right? Viva is not the final fiat situation that we're going to be integrating. And again, it's only because, again, it completes the loop, right? It completes the, this ecosystem. And then when you have everything built out, it's suddenly amazing things are possible. Um, but honestly, it is. And I think, that, honestly, our, our, our main, I'm not going to call it a hurdle, but I think the main challenge with, reaching game developers and studios in getting on board with this idea, I think they're attracted to kind of their tokenomics model of either raising funds or just having a native in-game currency for the same reason that a lot of people have their own game stores, right? There's the Epic game store and there's the Steam game store and everyone wants their own proprietary walled garden because walled gardens make them money, right? And they want to make money. And I think it's important to respect the fact that they want to make money. Of course they do, right? So they're like, well, why would I use this open standard when I can force people to, to use my money and then I can make all this, you know, virtual, you know, money in our walled ecosystem. But I think we are doing a good job, um, particularly uh, Ben, who's our um, uh, head of business development in reaching and connecting and literally talking face to face with some of these developers and showing them the evidence that actually when you use an open monetary standard, amazing things are possible and wealth will accrue to you. Profits accrue to you, right? There are, there are, um, benefits to using an open standard and letting it be interoperable that maybe aren't immediately apparent, but they're starting to see that like, yeah, when you start to look at the engagement metrics, when you start to see um, how popular and, you know, what that does in terms of popularity and the fact that, as we say, like with Bitcoin, like everybody wins if we all use the same standard and agree to use the same standard, it's starting to click. And Alex, I think they're having the same 
click happening with them. And they're like, wait a second. We've been thinking about this all wrong. We've been trying to make our own money. We should, we just need to add money that already exists to our, to our games. And then we've really got something. Well, it takes it even, you know, it takes it just that much farther. Okay. So a, a lot of the concept with, with incentives and holding attention spans and all that kind of stuff in the gaming realm has to do with little, you know, dopamine hits and little successes and all those kind of things. But inevitably people, um, you know, their, their attention spans moves on. Right. However, like if you incorporate real world money, in other words, if your guys can run around, um, you know, blasting each other in, in, in CSGO or whatever, and they, they exit with a whole bunch of sats in their pocket, they can literally go buy a cheeseburger with that. That is like mind blowing. Well, and like, look, the history, this is something Ben talks about a lot too, that I love. Um, the history of money in games goes back to arcade machines. You literally put money into game, right? That, that's, that's a cute example, but like, okay, Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, right? You said you're like an older dude, just like me. You remember Super Mario Brothers? What are you collecting? Coins, right? Money has been in games. We've had points, we've had coins, we have had tokens, right? Um, and so, you know, the history of money in games, but you know, I think about how long I've played some of these games. Right, how many things I've come in? It's like imagine if, like, in Mario Brothers, those those were sats. Like, I would have played Mario Super Mario Brothers like ten times longer than I would have played otherwise. I mean, you're right. It starts to be like, okay, when I know that if I play this enough and, and collect enough of this or um, get better at these games, yeah, I get to buy a better meal at the end of the day. Um, yeah, it changes the whole thing. I think I think game developers are also seeing what happens from a game mechanics and a, and a game design standpoint. Because when you just des- you design games differently when when you have Bitcoin in them, right? You design them with different things in mind. There's a new game mechanic that unlocks when suddenly you have real money in games, and you can use it as incentive. You can use it as something that people need to think really long and hard about parting with. Um, I use the CSGO example, right? If you kill someone and then they drop their sats, you can go and get them. But then everyone's going to, there's a lot of people who are actually going to be all eyes on those sats that just got dropped, right? So now it's like a honeypot. Now everyone's waiting to kill you because they know some stupid CSGO player is going to come grab them and everyone is just camping out waiting to shoot them. So that's another click moment. Like, oh, wow, when you have real money, right? When you have real stuff being dropped in games, you got to think about this differently. You got to play the games differently. Um, so it's very interesting. And we're just at the beginning of this, guys. Like, we're building this out. And that's why it's an exciting time, to, I think, to join um, to join the company because um, we're flushing this out, and it means your voice is louder and stronger. And I think the people who get it sooner, um, yeah, you're just, you're just in, a, in a community of people who also are stoked about, about what's possible. Thanks for uh, the questions and the answers, Mark. I really appreciate it. Just wanted to sneak in here while you while I had a second. I was just wondering um, whether your company is more so focused on integrating uh, into other games or if you're more focused on building your own games and what kind of your focus is. I know you're doing both, but I'm just kind of wondering what, what your focus is more towards. The focus is the former. The, for, the focus is allowing game developers to use our tools to add Bitcoin into their games. Um, we do make our games and they're more to show what's possible. Um, we're a little bit closer to having a vision of what is possible and how these could look and, and honestly how seamless it can be, how easy it is to use. Um, I mean, you should see it. Like 
I think it's it's not until they see a game that we've built, just as you know, an example. Um, for instance, like uh, I, don't know, I can't remember who it was. It was a chain who checked out our our booth at um, TabConf. So I was actually there, and it was it was it was pretty cool. And we had some CS:GO tournaments going on, but we also had our Zebedee Kart station set up. So people were literally they pick up a controller, they play Zebedee Kart, and then uh, a QR code would flash up on the screen if they won and you just, you literally lift up your Zebedee app, you scan or, you know, any lightning model, but like, you, well, okay. So if you're reading the stats, you open up your Zebedee app, you scan the code and now you have your stats. You withdrew it. The entire experience was, it's just like so quick. And it's not until you build something like that, that game developers are like, ah, okay, this is, this is cool. So, but yeah, in terms of our focus, we're trying to, we're trying to allow game devs to kind of use our tools. That's Because the, the, the best games are going to come from people who've made it a career of making amazing games. So. So quick question and I'll go and then I guess you can go. Um, so is it, I think it's appropriate. You tell me if I'm wrong to think of among the many things that the app is that it's a lightning wallet basically. And then I'm also, I also think it'd be cool for the audience to hear a little bit more about your voucher feature. I've not used it yet, but it looked like a pretty neat little way to uh, introduce people, maybe new people to Bitcoin. Yes, that's exactly what it's for. <laughs> that's perfect. Okay, I'm glad you said that. So, um, yeah, we recently relaunched. It's been a very busy year for Zebedee, let me just say. We've had a lot of announcements. There's more to come. Um, we recently kind of rebranded and relaunched and completely redesigned the Zebedee app. Before, it was purely a lightning wallet. And the lightning wallet functionality is still there. Um, in fact, it looks and functions largely the same. It is a bit more in the background, more natively integrated, because now when you sign up and you log into the Zebedee app, you'll, you'll very clearly see that now it is definitely a, it's, we call it your portal into Bitcoin gaming. Um, you obviously know that this is your one place to be, to find out announcements, to check out blog posts, to get links to all the games that are possible that you can, that you can actually play with. You'll have access to your Lightning Wallet, you'll have access to your profile, your gamer tag, everything is in there transaction history so it is a full-fledged lightning wallet so if you're just looking for to try out an, a lightning wallet it's in my opinion the easiest to use best design lightning wallet out there um, but it's also a ton of other things so we've recently redesigned the, the app we recently relaunched uh, it to just be like a lightning wallet and more because prior to that you had to use the wallet as well as a bunch of other things and you had to kind of go out and kind of just get what you needed to, to start playing games for bitcoin using zebedee and now it's kind of all in one place so that, that's, that's the app in a nutshell. Um, it's really your key to the whole, the whole kingdom there. Um, in regards to vouchers, that's a, that's a feature we have in there. So you can actually, um, for instance, if you listen to this and you're super stoked about Zebedee and you download the app and you're into it and you're playing games and you want to tell a friend about it, a great way to onboard them is to, be, is to go into your Zebedee app, create a voucher. So if you have sats, if you have a balance of sats and you want to, make a 100 sat voucher for your friend um it gives you a voucher code so you can basically create a voucher code um, on the fly send that to your friend and say hey download the app and, and you can redeem this voucher code and it'll give you 100 sats so it's kind of a way for uh it's a it's like a gift card it's like a zebedee gift card you can kind of create your own gift cards on the fly and you can create as many as you want so again it's a great way easy to send it's text-based you can kind of send it to people in forums or across text messaging apps um, and the only way they can get those sats is if they download the Zebedee app and load it up. But um, it's free sats. I mean, well, it's free for one, one, one end of them. 
transaction. But um, yeah, so that's that's how that's how uh, the vouchers work, and that's really what they're for. So that it's like super easy for someone who's already into it to get you know friends and family into it as well. All right, this has been a pretty cool conversation. I've learned a lot from you guys. Really appreciate you guys being here. Um, we know you guys have a hard stop coming up here in about eight minutes. If you are in the audience, you have questions, shoot it in our Telegram group, shoot it by DM. You're welcome to come up here and ask in person. We'll be kind to you. We're going to hit a couple quick announcements, and then we'll go to Ant, and we'll keep rolling. We'll give you guys, Mark, the opportunity to get some closing comments in um, at the end of your time there. You are listening to Cafe Bitcoin. We do this every day, Monday through Friday. We start at 7 a.m. Pacific. We roll about two hours. We talk about all things Bitcoin. Um, this is a great place to to learn about Bitcoin. It's, it's the place for your morning news. It's becoming a preferred hangout for some of the smartest mind, minds in Bitcoin to just chill, talk about what's going on in Bitcoin. Um, in addition to that, it's also a podcast. We record all of these. They go up on Spotify and Apple. You can throw a follow to Swan Bitcoin to be notified of when those drop. If you want a job in Bitcoin, go to bitcoinerjobs.com. Again, bitcoinerjobs.com. I think we got over 150 jobs up there right now um, and and more getting posted all the time. Also, if you're a company that's hiring, check out Bitcoinerjobs.com. Mark, maybe you guys would be interested in something like that. Um, finally, Bitcoin 2022 is coming up next week, guys. Oh, it's going to be so awesome. I'm so fired up. I can't even stand it. Um, here's the hack. If you want to get a huge discount on tickets to Bitcoin 2022 conference this is what you do you pay in bitcoin i know some of you guys are like i'm never giving up my bitcoin listen you buy some bitcoin you pay for the ticket in bitcoin right no cap gains it's basically a wash right but you get 30 percent off your ticket then in the discount or in the checkout you use discount code swan s-w-a-n for another 10 off so that's 40 percent off your ticket is the way to go finally quick plug for swan um if you are a business owner, you want to put uh, Bitcoin on your business balance sheet, Swan's got some of the fastest onboarding in the industry. Also, we accept customers from all around the world. Finally, high net worth, ultra high net worth. If you're looking to buy Bitcoin, Swan Private is designed for you. Shoot me a DM if you want to know more about that. Go ahead, Ant. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, I was just... Earlier, you were talking about Discord and, and the bot. I thought that was really cool. You know, I play a lot of World of Warcraft. It's like I could imagine, you know, somebody is doing a, a good tank run or they're doing a, you know, a, they, they do a good healing job or something. You know, you could tip your healers. I think that's pretty cool. But uh, I was interested to in, know. Uh, <laughs> what a concept. Tip your healers. <laughs> no, it's awesome because they're hard to find when you're trying to queue up a battleground. No, it's hard no, to find. that shit is hilarious, though. And if you do a badass job, you should be able to drop some sats on them, you know, thanks for the run, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, earlier y'all were talking about like sats as like a functional game currency throughout games. And I just, one of the problems that I keep thinking about that, you know, I'd love to get your input on is just, you know, I think the reason that these game companies are, you know, wanting to have their in-game currencies, or at least a big aspect of it is the competitive, you know, they want to keep the people playing like, in the in the example of World of Warcraft, you know, you had all the people that were uh, selling gold. You know, you had the the game farmers that were basically playing and then setting up websites, and then you know, people could just go buy gold for like ten bucks or whatever, get a million gold. And wow, you know, the Blizzard they hated it because it messes up the game economy. 
And in that in that instance, you're just bringing dollars to the table essentially, and then converting them, you know, at a third party, and then getting wow gold, introducing more gold into their economy. But in a world where all games are using Sats, how do we get around the problem where you know I play Call of Duty for like eight hours and collect a bunch of Sats, and then I just install you know World of Warcraft for the first time, hit the auction hall with my Sats, and just start hitting it like a buying frenzy? And then from day one, my little tune is like a, you know, a, a super twink, just ready to go annihilate everybody, you know, and I didn't really put in the proof of work to like get myself to that point, if I'm making sense. It makes total sense. And I think you're thinking about it smartly and the way you need to be thinking about these things, right? These are businesses trying to make money and build games, right? They're putting food on the table too. And a lot, some of these decisions that making just make business sense. So Pretending that that's not something that you need to think about, um, it's of course foolish. So, but I think what we're going to see, well, one, of course, we're going to, this is, um, I think, I think the market is going to reveal whether or not it is more financially wise to do your own walled garden situation or take part in an open monetary standard and let games speak to each other. So in some ways we want to build the future we want to see and see how many other people want to see it as well and make a good case for it. But you know what I would say to answer your question is it doesn't, these don't need to be mutually exclusive situations for a game developer, right? You could make things in your game, uh, let's say weapons, you know, improved, you know, tools or uh, power-ups, you can make them, uh, you can price them in your in-game currency and you can use Bitcoin to purchase uh, the in-game currency required to actually, uh, you know, required to actually acquire these power-ups. Does that make sense? So you know, almost like an in-game exchange, like the, the fact that you're actually allowing for Bitcoin interoperability between your game and, and the real world and other game worlds doesn't preclude you from having to not do your own token. If that, that's the local currency, right? Um, you can kind of think of it as if Bitcoin is gold and the rail and the payment rails of all these worlds yeah, you can still have nations issuing their own currencies. That's how the, the world works, right? Like that's, that may not stop, uh, but everyone settles in the reserve currency, right? Or in the base layer, rather, uh, money. Um, I, I think that mental model that is literally kind of like how the monetary system works in the real world, I think we can extend that probably into game worlds as well and, yeah. and, and give developers the option to use either or both. Yeah, this that's not just theoretical, right? That's already happening in Eve Online. Basically, the, what exactly what you just ex described exactly is the way it's happening in Eve Online, and that's probably the one of the longest running examples of a massive economic ecosystem. I mean, I mean that game's eco economic ecosystem is so deep that it's it's actually studied at universities <laughs> because it's just amazing. So I think you're right, Mark. I look, I know, I know you guys got to go, and I appreciate your time. I want to be respectful of your time. I want no, to be yeah, I, I can stay on. I actually, I want to be respectful of your show, so I can kind of hang in the audience and or hang out longer if you need to. Um, Christiana may or may not need to, need to leave, but yeah, please do do what you want to do. I want to, I want to respect your show too. Well, we just want to give you the last opportunity to make some closing comments before we move on to other topics. Um, anything you want us to know? Uh, any links that you want to talk about? Uh, websites that you want to drop? Yeah, I got three actually. So uh, I would say follow our Zebedee social media account. Um, in there, you will find a link to our website, but I would go download the app, install it, claim your gamer tag. 
that, that's my that's my call to action for everyone. Just get it now. Keep it on your phone. It's you'll get a, a lightning wallet with it. You'll get all that uh, lightning address, and then you'll kind of have your your gamer tag, and it's going to become increasingly useful. But definitely follow us on Twitter. I think that would be the um, the main the main ask. I think one thing, Alex, I want to say, I wanted to supplement your comment around uh, Bitcoin Bitcoin uh, Bitcoiner jobs because um, that's how I actually found the marketing director role that w- was open for Zebedee and I ended up interviewing for it and getting. Um, so I found it through, Zeb- through, through Bitcoiner jobs. I just feel like it's just this amazing source of people with shared values and, and, and it just, it, it checks so many boxes ahead of, ahead of time. The fact that they even found you through Bitcoiner jobs that you get really good matches. What's hilarious is my first hire since being here was Christiana and I found out only later after she had actually, we went through and interviewed a ton of candidates and then we ended up um, bringing her on board that she found Zebedee through Bitcoiner jobs as well. So I would honestly just plug Bitcoiner jobs and I think also check out all the open positions we have at Zebedee um, as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Bitcoiner jobs, there's so many jobs on there. And um, thank you. Like my friend Arthur, he actually um, showed me Bitcoiner jobs. So I'm very grateful that he did because... I wouldn't be here today if not. Yeah. And, and in terms of Zebedee hiring, and this is the last bit, Alex, like we have everything from um, engineering, front end, back end, uh, developers, data architects, things like that, that I think you'd expect from a, a Bitcoin lightning company, but also community manager roles, um, growth marketers. We have a lead copywriter position that I'm personally um, looking to fill. So um, head over to Zebedee.io forward slash careers. And you'll see a list of everything that's open there. But of course, I'm also trying to uh, cross post on Bitcoin or jobs as much as possible. But um, yeah, thanks again for the time. I really appreciate you letting us uh, talk about uh, gaming and Bitcoin for, for so long. I don't get to do it that often. So. That's yeah, cool concept. Yeah, everything you guys are doing, you know, just the whole ecosystem that's growing up around Bitcoin. It's pretty awesome. People have different interests, right? Different people are interested in different things and Watching Bitcoin slowly integrate into the lives of people on many different levels is really cool. It's just amazing to, to watch the transition as it's happening. I mean, we're living in amazing times right now. It's, I know we all say it's so early, but it is so early. <laughs> it's so early, which is so exciting, honestly. And for everyone in this room who's listening, I think um, – is just in on it. And that's an exciting thing just to, to know that, we're, you know, things are changing so quickly and so uh, significantly. It's amazing. Yeah. I was talking to a colleague of mine yesterday and he was, I haven't talked to him in a while. And he was like, yeah, like, you know, I, I should have listened to you back in the day, you know, and back in the 2000s should have listened to you. And I'm like, it's not too late, man. Like you're here. Like what's, what's holding up? Like, let's talk offline. But People still feel like it's too late. And now they, especially if they've been watching it and just didn't get in, but it's, man, so early, so early. I know people don't think that. Like a a lot of people think that, you know, they look at the price and it's sitting at what, 46,000, something like that right now, 46.5. And they're like, oh my God, I missed it. Um, but there's people today who are like, gosh, I wish I was around when it was like a hundred bucks or then you've got that group of people who are, are like, I wish I was around buying when it was like a thousand bucks. And you got people who are like, gosh, I wish I was buying it at 10,000 bucks. You know what? Two years from now, three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, 
you're going to continue to see these cohorts of people that are like, gosh, I wish I was there when it was 50,000. Wish I was there when it was 100,000. I wish I was there when it was 300,000 and on and on. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get it in the 2000s. At the end of the day, you're not going to look back and go, wow, I got below 10,000 Bitcoin or whatever, you know. But it's what's worse, not knowing about Bitcoin and, and missing out completely or knowing about it, still having an opportunity to, to jump on the boat, but still be sitting in the water. Yeah, you know, the ultimate, the ultimate FOMO is from, you know, when people are like, okay, well, this is great for all the people who invested in Bitcoin early, but let's say hybrid Bitcoinization does take effect, right? And the world is on a SATS standard. People are like, well, how is that fair for people who get it at the end? And it's like, well, at that point, granted, the people who, who were who were started out earlier are probably in a little bit of a better position, but you're still net positive because if you're dealing with, with dishonest money, you're getting screwed regardless. I mean, at least now you've got money that's not dishonest anymore. Like if you started after hyper Bitcoinization, let's say you're, you, you're a human being number seven, 0.5 billion something. You were the last human on the planet to adopt Bitcoin, right? At least you have honest money now. Yeah. Growing up post hyper Bitcoinization will be better than growing up pre, regardless of how much Bitcoin you start with. Well, look at all of the negative effects of, of dishonest money on society. I, I contend that dishonest money is, you know, you, there's that saying, we were talking about this yesterday, you know, that money is the root of all evil, or is it the love of money that's the root of all evil? I would say it's dishonest freaking money that's the root of all evil because it creates financial behaviors and incentives that drives societies towards corruption and a loss of morality and just complete craziness. Good morning, Peter. Welcome up. Hey, good morning. I, I just, I'm driving. I just wanted to make a quick comment. Um, uh, first of all, great discussion this morning. And uh, I, I just wanted to say that, you know, my thesis is that Bitcoin will be around at final entropy. We are so early. Yeah, I mean, in seven years, uh, the, the, uh, the high schools that will be letting out, you know, around then or even less, it'll be uh, like less than that. But in seven years, we'll have 21 year olds who who basically have lived through Bitcoin being in their lives the entire time of their entire lives. And I mean, it, that, that's a change because there's like people like me, I'm in my forties. Like I've actually seen it from both sides, but I mean, that's like, there's just no question in, in that life and that mindset about, you know, being early, being late. This isn't even act one. Like this is prologue. This is like, you're thinking about writing the prologue. I just want to say um, I got the gamer tag uh, wicked, so I'm very happy about that. No way. 
Uh, I better hurry. Hey, uh, Mark and Zebedee, we did have a question actually in our Telegram um, from DeWhip. Uh, he was asking, he's not able to download it in Florida. Is there a time when that's going to be released in Florida and stuff? Yeah, we are working on it for sure. So Florida, um, New York. Uh, I was formerly in New York for a long time. That was super frustrating. Uh, and trying to think of the other one. There's, there's a couple others as well as a certain countries. There's a list on our website of countries where we're not available, but we're not available yet. So it's honestly, it's a compliance regulatory kind of legal thing regarding local jurisdiction. So we're working on it. We want to we're slowly one by one kind of getting more and more um, states and countries on board. Um, honestly, like it, in some ways, I and mean, this is a little bit inside baseball, but a big part of what Zebedee is trying to make sure we do is offer game developers just the comfort of knowing that everything is compliant. Everything is above the board. Everything has been signed off. I mean, we invest a ton in compliance and doing things right. So um, yeah, this is just part of that. And I think it's just deemed uh, risky just given some of the, um, language and some of the laws there, but we just need to put the kind of time and effort in getting around it. So just keep keep an eye. We'll, we're definitely trying to get there, especially with Miami being such a massive crypto and Bitcoin hub right now. It's like, it's crazy. Um, I don't recommend anyone, you know, use like VPNs and things like that. It's not like, you know, kosher, but I know like people are always trying to dig into like ways to get around these things. But again, Zebedee is just trying to make sure that no one has to do that so that everything is 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 kosher. Good morning, Tao. How you doing? Hey, Alex. Good morning. Hey, everybody. Um, yeah, actually, I was um, playing around with Zebedee in the summer. Um, this was back when there was a lightning tip bot from Nactoshi. And, you know, you know, he gave me the power to grant, basically, or, or just tip people through Twitter. It was really cool. And then he introduced me to Zebedee. He said, oh, you should try this out. Um, and so I went ahead and just, you know, cause he, he's just a great person and he's like passing all sorts of stats. And so I downloaded Zebedee, created an account, um, with the phone app on the iPhone. And here's the thing I noticed, I created uh, a tag, but the thing is, once I got some stats from him and we were just testing it. So he sent me like 2000 stats and I was like, hey, let me play around with this. And I don't want this to be sound like a buzzkill and I don't know if there's some updates or anything, but, um, I noticed from the wallet that if you wanted to send out the sats, that it also had to be sent to a, uh, like an email address, a domain, um, in order for the recipient to get it. Like, uh, it wasn't possible to send to like a lightning address directly. Is that still the case or has there been any sort of changes in regards to that? No, that, that shouldn't be the case. Um, it's a it's a full fledged Lightning wallet, and in, you know it works with all other Lightning wallets. Um, it of course supports Lightning address, so it might it might suggest you know you can like you know might point out that you're welcome to use a Lightning address to send SATs. Um, but it also has kind of the QR scan functionality as well for scanning QR codes, and that can that QR code can be from any any recipient Lightning address. So honestly, I would recommend maybe giving it another try, or if you do have questions or problems, our support team. Um, is super great about just walking people through some of the ins and outs, but um, that shouldn't be a problem. So I would I would give it another look. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I'll check that out. Thanks a lot, Mark. Hey, 
Hey, Mark, I have another question, actually. So you were saying that you got your job through Bitcoin or Jobs. Do you, like, have any advice for people that are going onto that site? Same with Christiana. Like, you got, like, did you do anything that stands out, like, since you are the hiring director? Like, what's some things that you look for in people that are applying? That's a great question. So, um, um, yeah, I, look, I, I always encourage everyone to uh, be themselves, and which is cliche advice, right, from every hiring manager. Just be comfortable, be yourself, act natural, all these things. Um, one thing that's really important and I think was helpful, I, I can't speak for Christiana. Well, I can actually because I remember what her resume looked like and it had a very strong Bitcoin bent to it. So it caught our eye in a very interesting way. She was very, she was much more creative than I was. Um, what I did was I wrote a cover letter when I applied, right? Um, directly. And I just, I wanted to explain why I was applying to Zebedee. Honestly, like when I applied to Zebedee, I didn't, like I was good. I had like a good setup. I had, I was kind of doing my own thing. I was doing some freelance work. I had, you know, I was paying the bills. Everything was fine. I was, um, and I made an exception for Zebedee because it was just this perfect company. I was like, oh my gosh, it's the intersection of Bitcoin and games. I have history with both of those things. Um, let me give it a shot. And I, I, I tried to make sure that that came through in my cover letter. A lot of people will apply and they'll just apply. Like, oh, here's my resume. Please consider me. Or like, here's my resume. I would love to hear back. Um, tell them a little bit about like why you found Zebedee, or how, you, how you found out about, or whether it's Zebedee or another company that you have your eye on. How did you find out about them? Why they, of all the companies out there, <laughs> jumped out? And why you're kind of uniquely either suited or interested? Like, where does that interest come from? Why are you into, um, you know, you want to kind of demonstrate that you kind of have some similar values that you are kind of interested and familiar with what they've done. That might sound like a basic thing, but I would, I would probably go out on a limb and say for any company, especially on Bitcoin or jobs um, would probably appreciate a little context because not everything comes through on a resume. So you want to make sure that you, you, the person come through and not just your work history. Right. And I think a cover letter just gives you a chance to just give one extra, like, hear me out, right? And you can kind of make your case. Um, that works tremendously well. And we always ask people, uh, include a cover letter, uh, just explaining like why Zebedee and how you find us and kind of um, well, why you're interested in this role. I think that would go a long way. Yeah, I would, uh, I'd just like to add to that as well. I think it's important to the, um, the person who's applying and the person who's um, doing the recruiting. I think it's important that you have matching values as well. Like, as you said, like the the values of the, the company you work for is very important within within the job. So you want to make sure it's a good fit for both for both ends, you know, not just like the person doing the hiring. But like I, I wanted to work at, at Zebedee because because of these reasons, for example, because I know that they're a decentralized company and they want to emphasize um, the values that they have and like these values matched with me, which is the reason why I, I applied to Zebedee in the first place. Yeah, I remember talking to Simon Cowell, who was our CEO, and just having a chat in, in just as part of the interview process. And I was just like, look, getting more people onboarded to Bitcoin is really important. I was like, it is very, very important. It's important for, like, it is important to, for me to spend my life trying to do my best to get as many people onboarded onto this network as possible. Um, I feel like gaming is a great way to do that because it's such a fun, frictionless, you know, way to start to get people onboarded to that. I love it as a mechanism to just get Bitcoin wedged into, you know, get people comfortable with it. 
Um, but I, I emphasize that point. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, this is, I'm making this my life's work. It's very important. You say something like that, you know, this aligns to your mission. Um, that's Zebedee's mission. They're trying to onboard a billion gamers onto Bitcoin. Like, so you say something like that and all of a sudden, you know, okay, maybe I wasn't a perfect fit. Uh, but you know, a lot of those things start to fall by the wayside when you, when you find, you found a kindred spirit. So. Just wanted to make a real quick comment. I'm, I'm, I appreciate the fact that you mentioned the cover letter because I've, I've come to the conclusion as well that especially um, for those, or I think it's especially helpful and maybe almost necessary for those that are coming outside of the Bitcoin space, but yet have tons of experience still need to uh, find a way to communicate their passion about, about Bitcoin. You know, although maybe they've not, worked at a quote-unquote bitcoin company so yeah i think it's important i've never i'll just be honest in 25 years in the industry i'm currently in maybe twice have i ever needed to um you know offer a cover letter because a lot of it's always been through networking people already knew literally have starting a new job on the 18th never needed a cover letter knew the people, all that. But, you know, I think coming into the, if you're wanting to come into the Bitcoin um, ecosystem or work in Bitcoin and you've done something else, I think the cover letter is probably almost a necessity unless you somehow have an inside track already. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, look, at Zebedee's, you know, we're full of Bitcoiners, but not everyone came here being you know, a hundred, you know, maybe they're aware of Bitcoin and they know about it and they have some, but um, it's not like it's a requirement, but um, there, there is something that comes from knowing that someone has some baseline understanding of things and, and that some they've done, they've done the work to understand maybe the, why something's important, not required, but it certainly gives you um, a second look. It might give you the first interview. And again, with, when applying for jobs, your goal is to get an interview, right? It's not to get the job, it's to get an interview because everyone sells themselves best when they're finally sitting down talking to someone. Then you finally get to the person. So remember, you just want to get an interview. Um, worry after that about getting the job. That would be my other piece of advice. Yeah, I, I happen to agree with that 100%. So just really briefly at Swan, um, like being a Bitcoiner is, a, is a pretty much a requirement. It's a prerequisite. <laughs> Uh, it was funny, like when I was getting to know Corey and I, I had finally figured out what is, what is sort of hiring criteria was. And this is, by the way, this was after I started working at Swan, but he was like, only hire Bitcoiners. He was like, yes, when he's not a Bitcoiner, that's it. Um, and, and I get it. I'm not saying discriminate against people if they're not a Bitcoiner, if you're a company that's kind of deeply you know, or I should say has got a ton of Bitcoiners in it. I mean, those people are have a very high chance of getting or, orange-pilled over time regardless. I mean, and I think there's there's probably some companies, especially like, you know, I understand Zebedee's like focused in, in the gaming industry. I mean, not every gamer is going to be a Bitcoiner and sometimes coders and things like that aren't. So I get that. But the whole concept of getting the interview, I agree with that 100%. It's like... Uh, the interviews where is is where where you know that's where all the magic happens, right? That's where that's pretty much the determiner. Yeah, yeah, and like, uh, yeah, to totally agree with everything you said. Honestly, for most applicants, I don't. Uh, I, I do always ask them. So, what do you like? What do you think about Bitcoin? 
or like crypto? Like, do you have some? Like, I, these are the questions I ask. I don't ask, like, are you a diehard Bitcoiner? Like I am. <laughs> um, but like, you should at least have an answer for that if you're applying to a Bitcoin company. And look, if you found it through Bitcoiner jobs, I think it's safe to say you, you've made up your mind that you're not interested in joining like a generic crypto company. Um, you've made that decision. Um, but yeah, like have an answer for the company you're applying for. Um, you know, they might ask you a basic thing like, I don't know, like why this company? Why this industry? Like what makes what makes this industry interesting to you? Or like, are you familiar with you know video games? Like, have, like what kind of like what's your favorite game? What games do you play? Believe it or not, I've had people apply and I've had sat down to interview and they don't have answers for either of those questions. So if you have answers to those and they're good answers, you're already like you know leading the way. But that goes for any job. I think be able to speak to like why you know your general interest or familiarity with what it is they're all about. Yeah, I love that. That's actually one of my favorite questions. So I do part of interviewing for Swan Private and um, well, other sales positions in Swan. But um, one of my favorite questions to ask people is, so do you own any Bitcoin? Like, uh, what's your Bitcoin story? And then one of the other questions I like to ask is, do you own any other cryptocurrencies? What do you think about that? And uh, I just let them, <laughs> figure, you know, and, and go from there. You learn a lot about people, though. Totally. Just the answer, right? Even if the answer tells you a lot. And that's why I just get the interview, you know what I mean? And, and you can kind of, uh, well, get the interview and then know about the company you're applying for and have the answers to those questions. Yeah. I, I was wondering, um, do you guys, are you guys doing anything for the conference? Are you guys going to be there? Totally. I will be there. So if I, I hopefully look like the profile picture I have here on Twitter, um, I'm not like, catfishing or anything like that if you see me say hi please we'll be wearing zebedee gear we have a booth set up but um we're actually going to be there so zebedee powered games are going to be in the game there's like a game hall there's like a whole game event arena so you'll find zebedee there we do have a booth like next to it but um it might get lost in the shuffle you should be able to find us there um but yeah you'll see zebedee for sure uh, in the game arena. And then um, a lot of us from the Zebedee team will be in Miami uh, the whole time as well. So, so keep an eye out. That is so cool. The whole gaming arena thing. It's good to know you're not catfishing Mark though. That's, that's positive. Yeah. Honesty is a big part. Transparency is important for Bitcoin ethos, you know, trying to try to stay consistent. <laughs> Chris Reed, welcome to the stage. How you doing? Doing pretty well. How you doing brother? I'm good, man. Chris is definitely catfishing. <laughs> that was your cue. Like, did you have a question or something you wanted to add, Chris? I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not sure. <laughs> after after that, <laughs> speechless. No, I just uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know if I could. Uh, I had uh, the pleasure to talk to Simon on my podcast like about a year ago. I can't believe it's been a year about. Um, just Bitcoin and gaming, and I was streaming at the same time. I was playing CS:GO, um, and w with uh, Zebedee integrated into it. And it was—I mean, this has been a year ago, and you know, I, one, it was one of the most popular streams I ever did. And people were like, "What are you doing? You're you're earning Bitcoin? Like, and we're talking about Sats and all this. Like, people that are fairly new, it's just like they couldn't even wrap their head around it. And this was a year ago, and you know, it's it's progressed since then, but still, so many people don't understand it's happening. You know, and I think it's fascinating, like how many people will be onboarded, how many gamers will see this. Um, I thought another good point was, you know, not all gamers are Bitcoiners. You know, I think there's like a veil you kind of have to go through with all that. Um, so I think that's an interesting transition 
Um, but it's been a year since, you know, I did my first stream and really kind of felt the experience of earning sats while playing a game. So I thought that was fascinating. That's awesome, man. And yeah, like you can start to see too with our product roadmap, right? Like it turned, and we just, again, we just launched Ebony streamer. So now just think, right. You think about it, you know, you've got, uh, people watching your stream who, uh, maybe like you have people watching your stream who are playing games, earning sats, right? So they're playing games, they're earning sats. They're not watching your stream. Now they can send you sats on your stream with the Zebedee plugin, with Zebedee streamer. Um, but you might be playing CSGO for sats on that stream. So you're earning sats playing. You're earning sats from the people watching. And the people watching are earning sats on their mobile phone because they've been playing Saratobi for anyone, right? So it's, it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah, and the other thing too is you're not giving half your revenue to Twitch for your subs and things like that. And you're not – and it's, you're, it's democratizing – the power to the creator and then you create those um those ways to you know to monetize and and want to give people the the ability to give you value when they want to give you value and not to give 50 percent to a platform they really don't care about you know so that's such as it's it's an incredible unlock that most creators don't know about yet but like you said you guys are creating that ecosystem which is really cool yeah and it, it, it is about payments right we're a payments company really and that that's that's what clicks with people when they're like, oh, you're a you're a blockchain gaming company. Oh, you're a Bitcoin company. It's like most people don't even know, like they, they think of like SATs they don't, or they don't even know. It's like it's like we're a payments company. And the reason we say we're a payments company is because of everything you just said. Right now, <laughs> you don't have to pay all these fees or like literally if you want to use the Visa network or you want to use Venmo or PayPal or any other plugin, you can't do nano increments. You can't get you can't send somebody one SAT as a tip like profitable it just doesn't not, it doesn't make technical you can't do it technically and you, you can't do it economically so literally like we're a payments company and we're just using bitcoin and lightning because it is the superior technology to even allow any of this to be possible that's all we're doing we're just giving you know kind of uh we're kind of building out a payments infrastructure just so happens it's perfectly suited for gaming so we're going to start with gaming and look like it was gaming video cards that people were using to mine Bitcoin. I just feel like gamers and gaming is always at the forefront of things that end up being very much not about gaming, right? And so I think Zebedee's a great, you know, latest example of that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you think about how far gamers have pushed technology in, in PCs, for example, I mean, it's it's the, the demand for better video cards and all the other kind of stuff that's driven really the edges of the technology envelope. I was just going to say it's unfortunate because I just uh, joined uh, the Zebedee, but uh, I have to use uh, D-E-E-E -E -E instead of D. But <laughs> that's, that's just probably because it's in your name, but uh, I had to sign up as well. Yeah, we're all talking about it in the chat, like how excited we are. We got our names just now, our usernames. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, if you can, uh, Mark, if you can pull something off and get me D with two E's, then, uh, you know, I'd be forever grateful, but... Uh, there's only so much you can do. <laughs> I mean, I'm just a marketing guy, but I can I can, I can look into pulling some strings. I, I know a few people over here, so because <laughs> you act nicely and you join the Cafe Bitcoin, I mean, I'm definitely going to try. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I don't know if someone from the from the uh, audience just uh, just stole it just just to just to get me to buy it from them or not. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> well, you know, everyone, you know, it's easy to say, oh, download somebody, try our games, and I'm like. Guys, no, claim your gamer tag. Like, just get the get the name. I don't know about you guys. Like, I got my name 
Well, Mark, I think, was already taken, but I got Mulvey as quick as I could because I know how this whole, you know, handle everyone land grab goes. And you got to get in there. Yeah, quick. I started to say it's like real estate, right? You've got to get the real estate. Totally. Yeah, 100%. Do you think uh, there's going to be a, almost a side or a, a, a market for uh, buying these uh, gamer tags? Do you think that that might arise? That's a good question. Yeah. And, we, and I'll be honest, like, you know, we're, we're obviously not really in, <laughs> in anything other than like crypto related or NFT related, but like the possibility of there being things again, built on top of Bitcoin and Lightning that allow for marketplace style trading of things, right? Or exchanging, say, of gamer tag names is certainly possible. Now, I, I can't speak that far into the roadmap of what Zebedee has going on, but I do know that from the conversations we're having is like, how far can we take this? And I think. The idea of a marketplace, like, you're right, for like gamer tags would be just perfect because, um, yeah, once it's taken, it's taken. And that, that's a kind of scarcity that no one talks about, right? So, Absolutely. Let's hit announcements real quick, quick, and then we'll keep rolling. You're listening to Cafe Bitcoin. We do this every day, Monday through Friday. We start at 7 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. or sorry, 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll for two hours talk about all things Bitcoin. It is the place for your morning news, great place for people to come hang out, learn about Bitcoin. Also a podcast up on Spotify and Apple. You can throw a follow to Swan Bitcoin to be notified of when those drop. Um, we've got the Bitcoin 2020 conference coming up in about a week. And uh, it's going to be fantastic. Somebody is unmuted and I'm going to, oh, I got you. It's Christopher. Um, okay. Really, uh, also really quick if you want to get um, a discount to bitcoin 2022 conference you can do so if you buy in bitcoin it's 30 percent off and then if you use promo code swan discount code swan in checkout it's another 10 percent off so actually christopher welcome up to the stage good morning you can unmute yourself if you want to ask a question or add yeah hello i'm uh, i'm pretty new here but i was you always Speaking about the game industry, but what about the porn industry and Bitcoin? I mean, I don't know what about it, man. I that, like I don't know that we've got anybody up here that's in the porn industry. Like, I'm not, although I probably should be. Um, and and like we don't have any porn stars, and we don't have any like uh, porn platforms, so. Yeah, brother. I mean, think maybe you're asking the conversation to the wrong question to the wrong people. I mean, no, I will say, I, mean, I will say, Zebedee Streamer works on all streaming platforms, and you can stream whenever you want. That's all I'm going to say about the Zebedee Streamer functionality. Yeah, because the, the the porn industry is also a big industry. I think, like the game industry, and a lot of people. I don't know if there is some implantation with Zebedee also uh, about this or no, we're not, we're not, the, we're not the porn game. <laughs> I think he just answered that question. Um, by the way, if, I mean, if you're a porn star, Christopher, there you go. I think you got your info. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's move on. This was quite an unexpected topic. all kinds of people on the internet isn't there here you go Tao. bringing you back up i mean to be fair though we do know you know whatever whatever company or industry kind of attaches themselves onto porn typically does pretty well right that's why vhs took off 
over Betamax. So, I mean, oh, there's you, no doubt you, about it. If you want to survive and, and grow, <laughs> that's your answer, right? Well, and one the revenue is there as well, right? I mean, the huge, huge revenue in that industry, Jesus, though. Well, one thing, one thing they do have in common, I think, with the gaming industry um, and a lot of other earlier adopters of, of technology is that um, they're dismissed as trivial, right? I feel like gamers always kind of were seen as dorks, you know, living in their basements. And that's obviously not the case anymore. I think all gamers have grown up and everyone plays, but there's still that kind of notion that like, well, that's not serious, right? Gamers aren't serious. And um, I don't know, say the porn industry or these other industries, these marginal industries that aren't taken seriously by mainstream um, they are ended up, they kind of more often than not end up being forced to try new things because they're kind of excluded from, or at least not even kind of acknowledged. So, there, I mean, there's some kind of commonality there in that, like, whatever tends to be easily dismissed as trivial or silly um, gets forced to, to innovate. Go ahead, Jeff. Um can I just give a shout out to um, somebody at Zebedee and you guys should know him, right? It's Crown, Crown Bitcoin. Is it? His name's Crown Bitcoin. Um, he's been like one of the best sort of proponents of Bitcoin. And um, he actually dealt with like shit coins in the past or something, knows a lot about it. And he is now working for Zebedee. Do you guys know him? I mean, I'm sure you just do know Crown. Yeah, right? Jason. You want JC too? Yeah, JC, yeah. Yeah, him. I just wanna I just wanna let you guys know. I mean you guys probably know already, but dude, I've interacted with that guy and he's been in a lot of the log spaces uh space or left log scale space and how he helps um all the all corners understand why Bitcoin is the way and he, he has so much knowledge and the way he, he talks and how eloquent he is and the knowledge and the depth he knows and the way he's so patient. I love that guy. So I just want to give a shout out that you guys have a great guy there uh, working on Zebedee. Well, I, I can tell you that he, he's not Zebedee anymore, but he left before I kind of came on board or maybe right at the same time. So I don't know. I think he might have just left to maybe pursue another opportunity or something. But um, I did get to meet him. And that's awesome. But I mean, he, he's yeah, super cool guy and obviously pretty prominent in the space as well. Um, We've got a bunch of very prominent, I think, influential Bitcoiners um, who literally like work in the in the space from a technical standpoint as well at Zebedee. It just doesn't surprise me that Zebedee was also uh, able to work with with JC for so long. Um, that's pretty cool. I too love JC Crown. He's like. The man he goes to my local meetup and uh a really good friend of mine great guy so yeah um i was gonna ask hey mark is it like something with zebedee that you guys are like the most proud of like i know that sounded like a cliche lame question but is there something that you're just like super stoked about that you guys got done like i know for swan i think our bitcoin i think alex could agree with this but like our bitcoin canon we worked so hard on getting that out and it's just been such a a really great thing that we can have um, a tool for people to go and like learn about Bitcoin. But what about you guys? Is there something that you're just like stoked that you guys just completed or that you've done? Streamer is a big one. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, the streamer app was the first, like, well, I, I honestly, the Zebedee app, I think the transition from the Zebedee wallet to the Zebedee app, like before it was, it was largely a lightning wallet. Um, it was called the Zebedee wallet, I think. Right. And it integrated with all the games and whatnot, but like the transition to the app 
is it just it added so much functionality and it just it made it improved on so many things it included our rebrand it just it's emblematic of just so much and i think now we feel so much more confident sending people to go check it out because we know that once you get the app you're in good hands whereas before you still had to kind of go online and maybe piece some things together get the app it has everything and it's a big deal for us, maybe for like the press and for PR purposes, like they, you know, they're not quite there yet. Like, why is this such a big deal? But like, it, I think it marked a very important kind of like turning point for the company when things are starting to get real. And I think the streamer integration starts to kind of emphasize that the BIPA off ramp, all these like, you know, things that were kind of starting to unroll. So I would say that I would also, if I could just take a second and just give a shout out to Swan. I'm a huge Swan fan. I've been a customer for a while, but it just so happens. I swear to God. I just onboarded my dad to Swan like a couple days ago because I, I think I saw you guys were doing like kind of like an end of month push. And I'm like, you know, I've been trying to keep my dad. I'm trying to kind of handle things for him. You know what I mean? And just like make his life easy. He was very insistent. He wanted to like, no, seriously, I, I want to get get on the big one. Anyway, and he got set up and it was so easy for him that I, I, he called. I'm like, so you got any questions? He's like, nope, already got my account. Good to go. I was like, all right, okay, thank you, Swan. So anyway, thanks for that. Now you got it. One more, uh, one more Bitcoiner on your hands. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations to you, man. It's always a good feeling when you when you help somebody onto the arc. In my opinion, I mean, I orange pilled my dad. Took me a little bit, but he got it. And at one point, he was like, "Yeah, I, I need to do this." And um, it's just a really good feeling, you know. It's, it literally feels like you're saving your family member's life. To me, anyway. Yeah, I've been writing a lot of stuff lately and <laughs> just, you know, about, the, about all the type of stuff that you guys talk about here on Cafe Bitcoin, about the world, about the economy and finance. And I think after um, maybe a year's worth of hearing me pipe on about it, he's starting to, uh, the urgency is hitting home maybe, I don't know. Good morning, Wild BTC. How you doing, man? Yo, Alex, this is music to my ears. I love hearing this conversation. Um, as someone who's like been pushing both esports and Bitcoin into the into the educational system with a lot of resistance. Um, I'd love to hear about or you know kind of be directed towards. And if you don't have anything, let's let's definitely talk. But any type of uh, gaming slash educational content running over that Zebedee network because you know like it, it's just it's hard for these people to get it. It's 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 difficult and. They're so scared of Bitcoin. They hear so much FUD. I mean, a lot of people just don't get it. And I had a guy yesterday, my, my chief technology guy came up to me and he's like, you know, Bill, we're just having a hard time with this and Bitcoin. It scares people. And maybe we should start with something like Cardano. And I, I, I my shitcoin PTSD just went off the wall and, you know, we got through it. But um, I think something like what you guys are doing would be just awesome in a school setting, run a little pilot program and just pump this thing out all over the place. So love to hear your thoughts on that. Looks like Mark is reconnecting right now. Twitter's our spaces is doing its thing. Go ahead, Shane. Oh, I was just going to, yeah, mention that Mark was listener. So if he's coming back up, that's good. And while, while we're waiting on him to come up, I'd ask something kind of similar, but we didn't talk about it for very long. So I'm, also interested to see if Mark has any other things to say. Shane, I, I Shane, I have your uh, I have your mining spore ready to drop in Miami, dude. Excited to get you going up there, man. <laughs> I'm super excited about that. That's so cool. I, I'm 
like going to be traveling back on a plane with an S9, bringing it to some kids in a small country uh, town in Texas. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty fantastic. For those of you who don't know, uh, Wild Bill's out there, like, uh, not just orange pilling students, but teaching them how to set up mining rigs and stuff like that. It's pretty fantastic. It's like the next generation of, uh, of Bitcoiners. He started them out young. We normally, we, and we normally get to hear miners running behind him, but he's not. <laughs> I'm walking, I'm I got to take a break. I got to take a break sometimes. Right. I'm in my, I'm in my apartment, like running, running these mining, these girls, these girls are raising money, running miners that they refurbish and kind of, you know, recycling the e-waste. So that's part of the sustainable project. But the most exciting thing that they're getting involved in is, is, is bio mining, right? Looking, they're going to bring a couple miners down to this community down in Guatemala at Lake Bitcoin, which is an awesome project Patrick Melder's running. And, um, you know, plug them in at the wastewater treatment center. My, my daughter said, she's like, Dad, we have all this freaking fuel around us that we're generating with all our waste. Why, wh- like, wh- why is it taking so long to do that? I'm like, sweetie, that's, that's Bitcoin mining. Right. And, you know, I, I look at what this guy at ripple and freaking Greenpeace are doing, spending all that money trying to do this ridiculous, like code change. And I got these two high school girls, literally, they, I mean, it's just going you know, to change the world, man. It's really cool stuff. So the future generation, like somebody was saying earlier in the Bitcoin the Bitcoin side of things, um, it's, it's just so optimistic and it's a beautiful place to be going for all of us. Yeah, it's fantastic. I don't even worry about the ripple scam thing. I mean, it's just, it's so ridiculous. You know, it's juxtaposed against Exxon Mobil announcing that they're consuming 18 billion cubic feet of natural gas that they're cons- converting into Bitcoin. Now, here's the important part. That gas would have been wasted. It would have just been flared into the atmosphere. And converting it into electricity is actually lower emissions of greenhouse gases than if they had flared it or released it directly into the atmosphere. And it's a byproduct of oil production. So they're going to do it anyway. Right. So they're they're essentially cleaning up their oil production systems and turning it into Bitcoin <laughs> versus the model that they're saying. It's, it's all about uh, environmental devastation. Right. And then, and then you think about going to a landfill or a wastewater treatment or even these dairy farms and taking that methane and turning that into electricity and mining Bitcoin. That's, that's got a negative carbon effect. And it's cleaning up all that wasted methane and it's doing something good with the trash we produce every single day. So... These are these are great times we're going, yeah. Yeah, if Greenpeace really cared about the environment and the earth, they would be supporting Bitcoin. They'd have Bitcoin miners on their ships. They'd have Bitcoin miners everywhere. Hell yeah. That that news about Exxon mining, that was the news. That was the the headline they didn't want to see. It so changed well, everything, right? It, 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 it's like you got Bitcoiners out there going, oh, yeah, this, you should do this. But then when you, when you get the largest energy producer in the United States, one of the top, I think, three or four largest energy producers in the world saying they're rolling this out across four countries because it's working. I mean, that's, that's game changer. How the fuck do you fight against that? Go ahead, Wicked. Yeah, I mean, this is something that, that 
it really upsets me uh, when you know you just hear the the words coming out of these people's mouths that are just so disingenuous, and you know they're not dumb people. Like they get it, but they're just being disingenuous. I mean, how can you say stranded energy in the same sentence as green concrete? It's like, dude, what do you think stranded energy is? Like, it's not just energy that's available to make fucking green concrete. If it was, and if it was profitable or economical to do so, then there'd be concrete makers shipping all their raw you know, materials to the stranded energy to make the green concrete. But obviously that's not economical. It's stranded because it's fucking stranded. Like, listen to what you're saying, idiot. <laughs> that's a great point. Go ahead, Shane. I was just going to mention one other thing since we were talking about education a little bit. I'm sure Wild VTC would like to hear this as well. I met one of the guys from uh, Ibex Mercata. I think that's how you say it. But, you know, they've got Ibex Pay, which is going to be used at Miami 2022 to, you know, basically do all the lightning stuff. But there he told me that they he's working with some folks that starting a basically a Bitcoin uh type thing in the high schools where these kids will basically learn about Bitcoin, take some tests, it's pass or fail. And, uh, you know, will be something they can carry forward with them, you know, literally, uh, graduating from high school. It's intended mostly for those that will not be going to college, going into trade or going directly into the workforce. And they're literally hoping that, and this is in El Salvador, El Salvador, by the way, I didn't mention that they're hoping that it would be a program that would basically be rolled out and be, you know, part of just, their school system in general. So that's a pretty cool thing. So let's spin that. Let's spin that up. Let's spin that yeah, up on Zebedee. I need to connect you with that guy as well. Cause and, they want and all get, the help they can get. Well, yeah. And we get that on Zebedee and then we roll that through Lake Bitcoin and through the jungle. And I got the group guys out in South Africa that are getting a minor and get these schools going. They can't say no to it. Right. If we're, if we're running free content over lightning and the kids are earning Satoshis as they're learning the future, I mean, we need people that can build the decentralized ride sharing and, and VoIP and everything else that's going to be going on on top of this. And so I love that, man. Let's definitely, I'm so excited for Miami. Let's go. Guys, one thing too, from a, a Zebedee standpoint, um, we do have a developer right now uh, work, working on integrating Bitcoin into their, it's actually an educational app. It's for like learning about kind of crypto and things like that, right? So as you achieve different tiers and get streaks and things like that, kind of like Duolingo, right? Um, you get sats. So um, the idea that like, yeah, this is a, it's game in, in the sense that it's gamified, but like they're using Zebedee just to like add Bitcoin to their educational app. So like for sure, like picking up what you guys are putting down, like use Zebedee, just plug it into everything, see what happens. I think it's, I think that's super cool. You know, Mark, what would be amazing, and I just thought about this or something like this, you know, be amazing if you could have like kids um, as they're reading through a Kindle version of the Bitcoin standard, whatever it is, right? Where they get sats as they progress through reading that book. That would be pretty cool. That's an awesome idea. I love that as like a obsessive reader too, just personally. I think that's a super cool idea. So I'm curious, Mark, if you can elaborate. This is something I've been wondering about. What would the incentive structure be? Like if I'm a if I'm a developer, 
right? Why would I want to integrate sats as the currency? I guess we did kind of talk about this. I could bank my own currency and sats would be the real world money that's interacting with the currency. Yeah, there's that. And there's also the fact that um, most people hold Bitcoin, even if they're into other stuff, they also hold Bitcoin. Um, by restricting your in-game currency to something that only like a small amount of people have, or that's only useful in that particular very limited use case, just like I said, the word limit, I've just said the word limit like five times, it's very limiting, right? Um, but, you know, so many people use Bitcoin, which means if you make your game Bitcoin compatible, you are now interesting to so many people. So there's just the audience, the total addressable market of like who they can now interest and capture. Um, so I think it's just the, the general popularity of Bitcoin. The other thing that I think they found attractive is that they don't need to know anything about Bitcoin or Lightning or crypto or blockchain, anything. All their developers get to use their native programming language, whether it's C++ or JavaScript, integrate the API using their normal API tools. The developer dashboard kind of um, abstracts away all the technical stuff. Um, we put a ton of work into the UX, both for developers as well as gamers, so that it's just seamless. It works. You plug it in. Um, honestly, they've been blown away by like how quickly they can get up and running. So it allows them to participate in this economy without having to know so much about it and go through the 100,000 plus hours of orange pilling just to kind of like get it. So um, th those are, I think, two of the main things that make the, make the premise kind of attractive. And so how the economics part of it works from an incentives perspective is, is that they've got sats. If I'm the developer or the publisher or whatever, theoretically, I've got sats flowing into me. Um, and then is it solely sponsorships for sats flowing to the gamers or how does that, how would that work? Are there use cases or examples of why that would be an incentive for a developer or a publisher? to flow sats to gamers that they can um, obviously then use in the real world. Yeah, in terms of providing sats with gamers, um, it's all about, so if you're a game developer and you've integrated Bitcoin into your games, it, for, from a integrate, use, like in, injecting Bitcoin into your games is all about uh, user retention, engagement, signups, user acquisition, right? These are the, these are the metrics, time, time spent playing the game, uh, number of signups, um, because people who play Bitcoin games tell friends who play Bitcoin games to come play so that they can all kind of win sats and all that stuff. Network effects are strong. So there's a, there's a strong kind of uh, user acquisition and player retention and engagement case to be made that makes it makes good business sense for them. Um, in terms of the Zebedee aspect, we get like a tiny cut of the, um, the transaction coming from game to developer, right? But everything within the game and everything transacted between Gamer tags is all, I mean, it's on the Zebedee network, it's all like free, right? It's all just like lightning stuff happening for free. Um, so that's kind of, that's the main, that's the main kind of use case is that um, their game or app or whatever is more attractive because now it's um, beneficial to kind of gamers. That's kind of the thinking there. And yes, they provide, they kind of like, they will provide um, kind of like some of the in-game stats or through sponsorships. So for instance, like when we have these, CSGO tournaments, um, Bitstamp is one of our sponsors. So they uh, put up X amount of sats, which means you don't, like as a gamer, you can show up and get sats, uh, or rather win sats without having to post anything. You can also go, and then we have normal servers that are non-sponsored where like everybody who's playing posts a certain amount of sats as an entry fee kind of, and now everyone's playing for that fee um, that everyone's posted up. But again, we're talking like 100 sats, 1,000 sats, 500 sats, 20 sats. So, um, 
that, that's kind of how that works. And uh, what Bitstamp gets from a sponsorship standpoint is their logo is on the little spinning Bitcoin coins that are in the CSGO maps. Um, we, there, you know, there's Bitstamp posters within the CSGO world. So you're in this back alley trying to snipe someone and there's like a Bitstamp poster next to you, you know? So they're getting like, you know, brand awareness. They're getting, um, you know, that type of thing. Um, it's, it's metaverse branding, basically. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Get it. Um, all right. So we're coming up towards the end of the show here. We got about three minutes left. If you're up here on the panel right now, uh, start thinking about closing comments. If you're in the audience, you have questions for Mark or really anybody up here. Now's the time. Um, and we'll move towards wrapping. Integration with Kindle. <laughs> I like the integration with education idea, like the stuff that, for example, Bill's working on, Wild Bill, like the entire concept of having course curriculum where kids can earn SATs by completing assignments and things like that, I think is is a pretty fantastic model. Nobody's built it yet, but, um, you know, if you were to integrate that with some kind of a, a, a pod learning app, right? So what do I mean by pod learning app? Like... Uber basically takes two people who um, want to cooperate economically. The Uber driver is providing the service and the person needs a ride and it just connects those two people. Right. So if there was a pod education sort of learning app where, um, you know, let's say you download this app, you put it on your phone and you're like, Hey, um, I want to know who in my neighborhood would be interested in participating in like an education pod. Cause a lot of people are like, you know what? The, the school system, the public school system is bullshit. Now I'd rather homeschool my kids, but I have a job. I don't have time to be doing all this homeschooling of kids. But if you were in a pod with like 10 other uh, parents, right. And then you, you kind of rotate like one day a week, everybody teaches or something like that. Right. And then in the curriculum, it was set up in a way where, you know, kid completes an assignment and they get sats for it. I don't know, man. That just seems like such a, that could be such a revolutionary model in my opinion. Well, Alex, like just to let you know, like literally like how it works with uh, like uh, the, the developer dashboard and just getting devs to use Zebedee to add Bitcoin to their products like that. If someone from Duolingo came to Zebedee and said, hey, we'd love to integrate sats so that when people are achieving these tiers in Duolingo and unlocking new things, um, they get rewarded with sats instead of these gems. They could go from that conversation to having that in uh, a de like working like uh, app in like two days. Like we've had developers like just literally spin it up in in a, in a couple of days. So that's the kind of thing we want people to start thinking about. Like, ooh, what would happen if we added this to our app educational program? All sorts of non gaming related things, but maybe gaming adjacent or gamification related. So um, yeah, definitely like you're on the same kind of wavelength as what we're trying to encourage for sure. Go ahead, Wild. Oh, what do you got? Oh, Alex. So, so you, you just you just kind of like I love when these things happen and we kind of spark things, right? So, you know, one of the issues in the mining space is that it's growing so fast in the U.S. We we have you know forget about the fact that we have trade school shortages anyways for other trades, but Bitcoin mining trade is an issue. So, you know, one of the discussions that's been happening is like you know finding empty mall space, which is all over the place and is really close to people, right? So. You go in and like open little trade schools and mine in these little empty 
shells of these old shops, but you could also have those be the meeting places for young people. Like you're talking about decentralized education, decentralized ride sharing, like Uber. It's the idea, but educationally, like parents could find educators that have great, you know, backgrounds and good ratings and they come and they can do different type of experiential or, or in person or arts or whatever it might be. And all of a sudden, you know, content's not our issue, right? We have all the contents there. You earn and learn on these Ebony platforms and you're earning sats, but now you're connecting into places of passion where you can go and find experts and people can kind of, you know, kind of group group together and, and chase this stuff around. I mean, it's going to change. We're not going to keep educating the way we are. They're holding on as hard as they can to the old 3,000-year-olds, put a person in front of kids and drone on about nothing. Um, these kids are ready to go, man. They're ready to build the future. And this is this is it, man. This is where it's going. It's a broken so model, let's man. Keep it's a going. broken model. Totally it's broken. not so obvious it doesn't work anymore. And, and we got like, the tools yeah, to do it know. now. And, yeah, and, we have the tools. Imagine, sorry. <laughs> I get excited about this too. Sorry, Alex. Go ahead. <laughs> let's no, wrap I was it just up. Gonna say, I was just going to say, imagine kind of like what Wild BTC is saying where you've got a, a, a place – whether in this case physical where kids can come and basically you've got different in a sense seminars that they can participate in and and they're some are advanced and if they if they're really the, the kind of kid that wants to push themselves and they're incented right by earning some sats sitting in and then maybe there's a little project afterwards and they can do the lab and if they complete the lab then they actually get some more sats it's just amazing yeah, we well, guys, think, what, what, of, think about it. Think about the way we're built right now. We build boxes for kids to go in to learn how to train to be work in other boxes. If all of a sudden you blow the whole ex environment out, and now kids are going around, they get their content, they earn their satoshis by the basic content they have to get. It's all digitized, but now they can go to places of excellence and learn about culinary arts, history, whatever it might be. I got an AI guy that's doing like holographic, um, you know, like you can sit down with with Bill Gates or uh, not Bill Gates. Uh, um, the guy at Apple, right? You can sit down with Steve Jobs. You can sit down with like Aristotle and you can ask them questions and there's a hologram talking. I mean, there's so much cool shit happening, but these schools don't want it to take place because then these pension teachers are no use anymore, which they're already no yeah. use. Yeah, so that's, that, that's the big problem, right? Is these freaking teachers unions that are just really fucking everything up. Um, you know, in the vein of the whole pod learning thing, if 12 or 15 families got together and everybody contributed 300 bucks a month or 500 bucks a month, you could literally custom hire teachers. Like on the flip side of that, like the Uber model, you know, people, teachers come in, put in their resume and say, these are my values. This is what I believe in. This is the kind of criteria that of stuff that I want to teach. And the parents can literally vet them and be like, yeah, we like this person and have full command and control over the curriculum. You know what I mean? It's like, this is what we want our kids learning. All this other bullshit that, that you guys are indoctrinating these children with. How about fuck you? How about we decide? Well, and one thing you're describing here, really, like Zebby's all that the play to earn model, right? You're describing learn to earn, right? Which flips the entire model on its head because now you're not paying institutions to teach you. You're actually getting rewarded for learning. And that's actually something I can definitely see employers actually wanting to finance, right? When people are actually learning the thing that's, that's, that's necessary or encouraged. Well, and, and you've got a digital, a digital resume, you've got a digital experience, it's unbiased. By the time it gets to somebody who wants to hire them, they're seeing the digital footprint of that young person's learning curve. They, it's, not, it's nothing you can bullshit, right? Don't trust the resume. 
Look Don't at Elon Musk. Look at Elon Musk's school that he spun up. It's not about the uh, the degrees and all the other kind of stuff. They're literally immersing those kids into problem solving and programming. And like, here's an engineering problem. How do you solve it? Like, they're creating critical thinkers, which is really what we need because there's so many kids that have been turned into zombies these days. Kevin, Kevin Kane talks about this. Yeah, Kevin Kane talks about this. I don't know if you ever, he's a big quantum computing guy. And, and he talks about the fact that throughout history, we, we have really discouraged free thought. We discourage the kids that want to jump around and build, you know, like they're the ones that always get into trouble. They're the ones that get kicked out of class. They're the ones that would get pushed to the trade schools, but then they close those down. So now they go to the streets. And so we, we do, we have a, we have, we've cultivated a student that, sits in a box and they're rewarded for just doing exactly what everybody tells them to do and get those A's and follow the narrative, go to school, get debt, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now all of a sudden, you know, Bitcoin encourages these young kids to like go out and explore and build and problem solve. And they like, they want to save. They don't want to buy shit. They, the kids who get Bitcoin, like I see these young kids are like, I want more. How do I get more? And I don't want to spend it. They get it. <laughs> Creating little savers, lower time preference. It's awesome. Like, that's the generation, that group of kids, that's what's going to save the human race. Because if we keep going the way we're going right now, we get serious problems, man. Time preference is one of the biggest things I, you know, want to be teaching in the program we're doing with this little school. It's huge, and I agree. All right. This has been a cool conversation. Let's wrap it up. Closing comments. Does anybody have anything that they want to close with? I mean, I just, want, I just want to say thank you. And also, it's just so heartening to join these conversations and see how people are all so, I think, willing and just interested in helping kind of lift each other up, encourage each other and kind of feed ideas. I just think, uh, you know, we just need to, I just, I just hope people take advantage of the Cafe Bitcoin more often because it's uh, it's been super great being here. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Yeah, thanks, uh, Mark and Zibidi, for uh, coming up here, and I appreciate it. And I look forward to reading more about your product. And I joined, and uh, I'll uh, well, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> yep, thanks for uh, coming and talking about it. I've already downloaded it. I'm working through the sign up now, but uh, changing my my gamer tag. But uh, thanks for coming on. I'll check it out. All right. That's a wrap. You've been listening to Cafe Bitcoin. We do this every day, Monday through Friday. We start at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. We roll for about two hours. We talk about all things Bitcoin. I mean, we cover a huge range of topics, but if you want to learn about Bitcoin, this is a great place to come. If you have questions about Bitcoin, I mean, this place is, is or this space really is focused hopefully on teaching newcomers to Bitcoin. So if you have questions, like we have a Telegram group, you can join that. There's a link up in the nest. It's just a great place to come and learn. Great place to get your morning news. Some of the smartest people in Bitcoin come and hang out here on a regular basis. Just talk about what's going on. It's also a podcast. It's up on Spotify. It's up on Apple. Everywhere you get your podcasts. If you want to be notified when that drops, throw a follow to Swan Bitcoin. And we'll let you know. Bitcoin 2022 is next week, guys. It's going to be so fun. 
I hope you don't miss it. I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of you guys there. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to is connecting with people, networking, the social aspect of getting to know other Bitcoiners and like-minded people. Really looking forward to that. Thanks to all the listeners for being here. If you ever want to come up here and ask questions, you're welcome. Just let us know. We'll be kind to you, I promise. Thanks to uh, the co-host, Swan Bitcoin, Bitcoin Magazine. Appreciate you guys. The crew, Ant Chains, Ask for Life, producer Jacob Pope. Especially thanks to the speakers for being here. Mark, Zebedee, appreciate you guys. Um, and then everybody who comes up here on a regular basis, it takes your time to teach people about Bitcoin. Really appreciate what you guys do. I know the community does too. My name is Alex Danzig. I'm your host. I work with Swan Bitcoin, Swan Private. If you want to know what that is, shoot me a DM. Happy to help you. If you want to know about Swan or about Bitcoin, I'm happy to help you. Shoot me a DM. And then finally, um, get on the mission, guys. If you don't know what that is, hang out. You'll figure it out. Love all you guys. Everybody go out there. Have a great day. And crush it. <laughs>